Hey everyone, welcome to Orange Crushing It, a weekly series dedicated to high drive, passionate and motivated individuals. I'm your host, Frank Clark, President and CEO of The Mr. Orange. This shows a weekly dose of business, life and personal development principles geared toward bringing out the adrenaline junkie and overachiever in each and every one of you. As a seasoned entrepreneur of over five companies producing hundreds of millions in revenue, I'm going to personally be sharing my stories of success and, of course, my life-defining massive screw-ups, <laughs> as well as featuring inspiring guests, business leaders, athletes, thrill-seekers who just truly want to walk their talk and make life happen. Stick around, and let's get crushing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Orange Crushing It. My name is Frank Clark, CEO of The Mr. Orange. And again, yet again, for the, I don't know, 25th, 26th, I don't know, 200th, maybe 1,000, maybe 200 million. I don't know how many episodes of this show I've done, but I am bringing in the orange energy of somebody who is driven, passionate to succeed, adrenaline junkie, knows that to get and be successful, you have to help and make other people successful. My guest today is Fernando Valencia. Sorry, I pronounced your name. You're a little bit wrong there. Fernando Valencia. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fernando's a friend of mine. He's from Colombia. Well, he's, I think his family's from Colombia, but he was born in Jersey City. He started his entrepreneurial journey at the age of 13 by developing films. Now, I'm going to get into this because if you steal candy from the local variety store and they catch you on film, I don't know if that's developing film star, okay? There you go. That's funny. <laughs> you know, maybe. Check this out. Created his first million-dollar business by the age of 21 by producing over 7,500 events. I'm going to get into that with him, too, what events he was doing and how that was cool. He is presently one of the chief co-creation officers of Unblinded, which is a personal development organization that focuses on integrity-based human influence. He's a top trainer. He's a top student. He has developed within seven months with no paid advertisement, put together this multi-million-dollar training and development company with ecosystem mergers only. We're going to talk about ecosystems, what they are, how do you merge, and how do you make millions in seven months? I saw this guy, by the way, put together a, a seminar, a gathering, if you will, that started with 70 people right before Thanksgiving. And who wants to get a phone call during the holidays, right? Say, hey, please come to this, please come to this. This guy got 1,300 butts in a seat, all right, in less than two months. Less than two months from 70, and he did it during the holidays. He's a great guy. He's a fun, cool guy. And I'm really, really super proud to say he's a friend of mine. Fernando, welcome to Orange Crushing It. Well, brother, uh, I am feeling orange today. And uh, thank you for that. I'm excited to be here with the Orange community. I'm excited to be here with you. You know, fellow brother, truly, we'll save those stories throughout the conversation. Um, but it's, it's great to like be looking at you. I haven't seen you and felt you in like 24, 48 hours. We were just together <laughs> in Long Beach Island. And it was uh, beautiful to connect. I remember meeting you like for real, for real at that event in January and then like really meeting you, the true you this weekend. So really happy to be here. Love to call you a brother and a friend and like what's happening. Talk to me about the orange CEO and what happens in this beautiful world. What happens in the beautiful world of orange crushing it, brother, is just dragging, not dragging because everybody wants it, right? Everybody wants to feel driven. Everybody wants to feel successful. Everybody wants to feel special, significant, inspired, driven, Cool, like that cool vibe energy, right? Call it zone energy, right? That's what people want to be. And you know, being around other people, you are the product of the five people you hang out with, right? People you spend the most time with is who you become. So let's create a movement of people that are just energetic, understand about giving, 
want to contribute and help other people make a great life and just have that zest, that fire, that fire in the belly, that adrenaline junkie, that almost scared shitless, like, oh, we're going to jump out of a plane today? What kind of mentality, right? And you embrace that. You embody that. And I'm really proud to call you an orange brother. I Listen, real brother, if we're talking about brother, brother, one of the things that we learned about each other is that we're, we belong to the same fraternity, belong to the same national fraternity. And that national fraternity is Todd Kappa Epsilon. I graduated from there in, well, you never graduate really, but I grad, got out of school in 1981 back in Lowell, Massachusetts. And you were you know, graduate in New Jersey, right? Talk about your Teak experience and how it shaped your life. You know, a lot of people just look at fraternities and as they should, as just a party place, right? And there's a lot of great parties. But my personal growth out of it was, I thought it was monumental. I mean, it taught me a ton, a ton at an early age. What was your experience being a fraternity all about? Wow. Well, uh, you know, thank you for that question. It's not often that I talk about my fraternal days uh, anymore. And it, uh, it brings me joy as just yesterday, we were in the Facebook group talking about our you know, annual Thanksgiving alumni dinner. I start there because that's what it's about. You know, when people think fraternity or frat, think of parties and all this. And yeah, listen, let, let's be real. They're there, they're present, they're around. And it is so much more. It is so much more. What it was for me, it was my first understanding of leadership. It was the first grouping of people uh, that I can be myself with that wasn't my, my family because uh, it became my family, very similar to what's happening here with Orange Crushing and Unblinded. So we're becoming a family. And when I had opportunities you know, to have leadership positions, like you know, the educator, which is known as the hegemon, and other you know, vice president and other things, Epipretinus, you know, the language that we used back then, um, it allowed me to like, see what an organization was like, how it was like to work with people, working with different types of people, different types of energies, um, which you, obviously, Mr. Orange, know much about. It also was some of my greatest uh, failures and I failed the hardest and the greatest. And uh, some of my like top five greatest failures happened within the fraternity. And I'm so grateful for them happening because it, it, it allowed me to rip through my ego at a very young age to understand, you know, the positives and negatives of politics and to not like read about them to like be in them. And, you know, it, it allowed me to once again, create my own hero's journey within it. You know, after I graduated, I've, I've been able to be, you know, chairman to the board of advisors for Tall Delta for quite some time. I'm super grateful for Pete Dawson, who you and I, you know, Frank, both met on The Real Raw. Can't wait for you to see this podcast and see what a couple teats are doing in the world. It was a lot for me, man. I loved it dearly. I still do. I still run. Final fun fact, and I'll kick it back to you. The largest event my chapter does, that is my only commitment to the chapter now, once a year, is called the WASI event. And I have from scroll number one to scroll number 200 in one place once a year. We've done it for two straight years. The first year we had over 100 brothers in one place. I mean, it was very magical. There was families, there was fun, there was photos, there was like water, there was like basketball tournaments. And that's what it's all about. It's about being able to bring it back, have generations take part in uh, what you and I have fun with. That's awesome, dude. You're bringing in that fun energy, which, you know, pretty much embodies you. And you're giving back, right? You're a contributor. I mean, again, orange energy. And that's fantastic that you get all these people back together again. Because, hey, you know, it's great to reminisce. It's great to go back in childhood, right? It's great to go back to times in our lives that are fun. Because, listen, when we die, we're not dying with our stuff. We're dying with our memories. And if you can produce memories for people, that's really what they cling to. It's not the car. It's the getting the car. It's not the house. It's getting the house, right? It's not the girl. It's like, what did it take to get the girl, man? Then what did it take to keep the girl, <laughs> right? 
hundred <laughs> percent agree with you. And you just for like, you know, curiosity, what made you choose Teak? What made me choose Teak? Yeah. Well, what made me choose Teak was one of the guys that was in my neighborhood was one of the, was one of the brothers, actually two of them were. And one of the guys I didn't like, he lived on my street and I really, you know, I didn't get along with him necessarily growing up. But this other guy that lived a couple streets away, I, he, he and I were pretty good friends. So we're all going to the same university. And he says to me, he goes, Hey, you want to join our fraternity? I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I don't know if I want to be part of these clicky clubs and all this shit. And that's what I thought about it. And we went up to Riviere College, which is an all-girls college up in New Hampshire, in Nashville, New Hampshire. And he said to me, this guy, Joey, says, I'm going to do something for you that we never do. Never do. And I know they never do. And they, Joe, if I'm getting you in trouble here right now, brother, okay, it's been a long, been 40 years. So, sorry. But Joe gave me letters. He gave me a shirt that said TKE on it. And he said, wear this. And so I'm like, okay. And he goes, hey, come to this party. And man, the women were just like, oh, you're a teak. You're this. You're, oh, you're part of that group. Oh, my God. And they were literally fawning all over me. Like, it was my first Mr. Orange Real, like, you know, 15 minutes of fame kind of thing. Right. I go, oh, my God, I got to be part of this group. I got to be part of these guys. You know, it was fun. And I think everybody wants to be part of something. Right? They want to feel like they're part of a community. And these guys were just fun. I mean, we had the greatest parties. I was, uh, you know, the party chairman amongst other roles I had in the fraternity house. And here's a fun fact. We threw a party one time and it was so big that in the history of the city alone, those are pretty, you know, industrial cities, it's been around for a long, long time. Uh, it used, at one time it was America's city. It was the number one city in America. And it was one of the key cities in the industrial revolution. There's a lot of mills over there and, and, you know, a lot of history in the city. Anyways, in the history of the city, there's only two times that the riot squad has been called out. Once was to break up the headquarters for the Hells Angels. And two was to break up a tall Kappa Epsilon fraternity party. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, my God. No surprise there. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. It was crazy, dude. It was crazy. Hey, you're a successful guy, okay? If I can drop into your life and how you got there, right? You're saying you're an entrepreneur, early journey, age of 13, developing film. Bring us back to that time in your life. What was it about that time in life? What, were you, what kind of films were you developing? What were you doing? Yeah. Um, and like fun distinction, I wasn't actually developing movies. I was developing photography film. So I'm okay. still one of those millennials that uh, knew like what life was like before the iPhone. Uh, I'm one of those peeps still. And I remember being 13. I, I wasn't the Fernando, you know, you met and, you know, you find folks who are getting to know each other right now. I was much shorter, shyer, uh, shyer and uh, like a chubster. And, you know, talking to people was like not, you know, not my thing. If you were to tell my family that I'd be doing what I'm doing now when I was 13, it'd be like, no way, it's not happening. Fernando's not that person. If anything, I was the type of little boy that if you looked at me long enough, I would like run away and cry. And that, that was like reality. So I got a job and I had like options. I remember getting a freshman year in high school and you know, I was 13 years old and I had like an ultimatum, like a, a come to Jesus moment. And I had three options. Option one was to go to school and play sports. And I played soccer my entire life till then. And then like something in my mind was like, I don't know, getting like hit and beat by people that were bigger than me. wasn't really my idea of fun at that point, um, much longer. So I'm like, that's not going to be the route. The second one was uh, go to school and come home. And at that time, you know, Pokemon cards and video games were the wave. And I knew I wanted to do something for humanity. And like that didn't really correlate as much as I enjoyed it. So I was like, okay, that's not really an option. And the third one was go to school and get a job. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So um, my brother had had the same job. 
and my brothers, you know, I believe I am 28. He is 42. So quick math. That is about like 14, 15 plus years of like difference. Uh, he had that job. So I got a job making $5 an hour developing photography. And that was my first like taste of earning something, doing something, you know, working for something. And uh, I had two goals. Goal number one was to buy a fresh pair of Nike Air Force Ones, because that's what mattered. And number two uh, was to pay a bill for my family. They migrated here and from Colombia here, I mean, the, you know, the beautiful United States in 1986. They had a lot and they gave me a lot, a lot of love, a lot of leadership, a lot of empathy, a lot of loving people. And one of the things that they also gave me was a desire to uh, understand, have and share financial freedom and financial literacy. So that first experience of working there and, you know, stepping into that realm was a huge catalyst to you know, why I'm here today. That's awesome, dude. Tell me about that moment. You're paying a bill for your family. How's that at 13 years old, man? 13 years old to take that responsibility on and say, you know, it, it, you know, not a lot of kids at 13 years old are thinking about paying family bills. They're thinking about the next bike. They're thinking the next, you know, whatever, the playing cards that they can have, maybe catching a movie, you know, whatever the current toy is, if you're the Atari or Coleco, whatever the hell was going on. Atari. Right? Atari. <laughs> Dude, we're, we're like on PS5 now. I, guess that's I, I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, one, one of my other friends told me about Ataris. I clearly didn't know anything about those, being yeah. as young as I am. Right. <laughs> Seriously, though, you're paying bills for your family, man. Is that how you were raised? I mean, was that, you know, I know a lot of people from South America, I know people all over the world, and family value is key to a lot of people, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's instilled in them at an early age. And, you know, for you to have that as part of your upbringing, I think it's just amazing. I think it's amazing. And it's, it's testimony to you. You start contributing at an early age. Right? Uh, well, you know, I, I'd have to say I'd be remiss if I didn't say shout out to mom and dad. As much as it is family values and connection is, you know, predominant in the Latin culture, um, it's definitely not standard. Um, it doesn't happen. You know, I'm not saying it doesn't happen a lot. I'm also not saying it happens often. You know, it happens in, and it does it in other situations. And uh, if I can, you know, say if there's an accomplishment, you know, mom and dad, Luce and Fernando, you know, have done is uh, they've created, you know, three men. I'm blessed to be one of them that are truly doing great things in the world that are family oriented, that are working hard, that contribute in whichever way they can. And like, now that's an accomplishment. I, I'm still modeling and I'm still learning from them, you know, in that right. world. Uh, God will bless me with a family in the future. And uh, yeah, they instilled a lot. And, you know, wanting to be able to give back, that was, a, I guess, an early form of contribution before I really knew what it was. Uh, and that's like what led me, you know, into that, that realm of like understanding what I can do with my energy, my resources can impact more than just me. It was a beautiful thing to learn at, at a young age for sure. Fantastic. And now you've carried that forward and let's drop into today, right? Today, you're a co-creator of the Unblinded Movement, which I happen to be a part of and incredibly grateful for that experience. You meet this guy, Sean Cowley, and he goes, hey, this is my vision. Oh, by the way, the guy's legally blind. Here's my vision of what I see of what I'm going to do here. You're 28 years old. Maybe you're 27 at the time, right? When all this happens, right? 27-year-old guy. And you go, okay, talk to me about this. Well, how many people you got in your company now? Well, it's just going to be you and me, man. Or maybe there's three or four. I don't know, right? And he lays out this vision for you. And here you are now running a company, being part of a creator of it, you know, and busting your ass, which you do every single day, man. I get tons of credit for that. What, what was the point when you went, yeah, man, I got to be part of this. I I just got to be part of this. I I, I see it and I'm hitching my wagon here. 
You know, I love that question. I love that question. You know, I will say it was rather, it wasn't instantaneous, but it wasn't not, not instantaneous. You know, just some, some brief backstory so you can kind of hear, you know, through the prism. As Frank mentioned, I had created an already successful business in my early 20s. At 21, I was 27. Now going to business mastery after transitioning, scaling, you know, doing all these events, growing, exiting, creating another event company specifically in uh, seminars, workshops, in the knowledge business, and really wanted to understand the masters. I was modeling. I didn't. I don't think I had that terminology at that point, um, but I did. I modeled well. I always had not great mentors. Definitely had some not some optimal. I always had mentors. Definitely some good ones. Definitely some some optimal. Both taught me really great things. And uh, I was. At, I wanted to model Tony. Tony Robbins. So I was at a UPW. It was my second one in Newark because the first one I went for my own transformation. I was dealing you know, with my own conversations, my own stories. The second, I went to model Tony to understand what he said, when he said it, why he said it, his language, you know, really modeling, not like fandom, more like scientific research laboratory of you know, why his voice changed and why his face changed and why he chooses certain people and it was fascinating to me. So I went with that prism. And uh, I'm a very you know, time integrous guy. Uh, at least I hope to believe so. Time integrity is big for me. And I was running late. And it was Saturday. And I was you know, running late. And usually there'd be like some shame and like anger, like, Fernando, what are you doing? Like, come on. And you know, that day I was like, no, I'm going to you know, change my focus, change my state, get into my body, change my physiology. I'm like going to freaking love life. And I went and I got to my parking spot and it was full. And I was like, yay. And I went to my next one and I found another one. I was like, perfect. And I was like, I'm not going to run because I don't want to sweat. I'm just going to walk. And I'm freaking skipping down like the streets of Newark, <laughs> loving life like a freaking fairy. And I, I see like this long haired Asian man with a camera and a pink scarf. And we walk past each other on the streets of Newark. And I was like, something in me, let's call it God said, talk to this guy or you're going to regret it. I swear to you, I remember it. Had no idea who this guy was. Turn around, run down the street. The guys probably think I'm going to mug him. I'm like running down and I just spark conversation. We start talking and, you know, chatting it up. And at that time, I, I really took pride in not asking people what they did for a living. Obviously, now I have a formula. I understand why I did all those things. But we spoke. And then 45 minutes in after all these crazy things happened, I'm like, so like, dude, like, what are you doing here? He goes, yeah, I'm like taking photos. I'm like, oh, just for yourself. He goes, no, I'm Tony Robbins photographer. My name like Zung. And it's Tony Robbins photography. He's like, yeah, look, I do photos of like the Dalai Lama, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, Prince of Abu Dhabi, Tony Robbins. I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? What the heck is going on right now? He's like, yeah. And in the conversation he shares, I've been to all these countries, 30 something, and I've never been to New York City. Every time I come here with Tony, I got to leave Monday morning. This time I'm leaving Tuesday. And I said, great. Well, guess who just cleared their schedule and is going to give you the most magical experience of New York City ever. And we did. And we got them private access to these places. We found them a place. We went to like Rockefeller Center. We hung out. We went to museums. And he invited me to a platinum dinner. And all this crescendos to like the knowing of like, there's something here with Sean. So stay with me. And as he invites me to this dinner, I'm like there, you know, and, and it's a platinum dinner. I meet Chris Crone for the first time. I meet Susan Lee for the first time. I meet Sam Kim for the first time. And like, we're having conversation once again, just like living life, happy, present, you know, varying my energies, which I didn't know back then. And in that Susan Lee, you know, thank you so much, Susan Lee. She goes like, yeah, you should be my guest at Business Mastery. And 
not only, you know, was there a savings component, it was like, you know, 40% off or something like that, which is great. More importantly, there was access and proximity to sit with the platinum. So I was like, yes, in. And with the savings, I actually ended up, you know, getting everyone an Airbnb and covering other costs, just in gratitude. For me, it was the proximity. So I go there. And every time I joined a new, what I used to call back then, you know, group network. Now I understand it was, I was ecosystem merging. I would always ask like, who should I meet? Who should I know? Who should I meet? Who should I know? Which is ecosystem merging, like the desire to ascend to leadership. And all roads led to this guy like Sean Callaghan. And I was invited to an event, which was for Platinums who wanted to invest in companies. And um, it was like 30, 40 people before Business Mastery. And like, I was there. And boom, Sean Callaghan's there. And I'm like, I got it. This is my shot. I'm going to go meet this dude. I'm going to go talk to him. So where all this happens, you know, identities and the shared and there's energy. And I like walk up to Sean. I'm like, hey, what's up? My name's Fernando. We start chatting. And I see that he's like looking at me sideways. He's, he's like looking at me sideways. And I'm like, man, in my head, I created a story. I'm like, look at this super rich guy. Why does he want to talk to a you know, 27-year-old? He's probably super busy trying to see who's behind me. Uh, I'm just going to end the conversation. And I did. And brother, let me tell you, I was so disappointed in myself because I was so trained to have those conversations. You know, I have done so much work. I've read over 300 books. I'm certified in many different modalities of communication. I'm trained. I've been on stages, 10,000 of them. I know what it is to talk to people. And in that moment, uh, my self-mastery crumbled. I remember driving home saying like, it's just not the way it's going to be. This is not the way it's going to be. And I had the privilege to know uh, that I have business mastery, there's like a game and there's like teams. And I said, no matter what, I'm going to be on Sean's team. No matter what happens, I'm going to be on Sean's team. And like the next day, like all the numbers I go, I'm not on Sean's team. And I was like, great. And I remember grabbing my, you know, my friend's hand, Alex, that I met there. And I said, come with me. We're joining another team. He's like, dude, what are you doing? Like the rules are this. I was like, no, not stepping into that frame. The rules are Fernando's going to go be on Sean's team. And I like got out, went to the front row, you know, cause he was a line member at that time. Yeah. And I walked in and I said, Hey guys, my name's Fernando. Give me all your numbers. I'm going to create the WhatsApp group. And that was like the meeting of Sean. And all day I like texted and communicated no response from anyone on the team. All good. I'm getting to my Airbnb. I'm like chilling in my PJs and I get a call. It's like one 30 in the morning, you know, Tony Ensley. And it's freaking Sean going, Hey, we're all in like the hotel room, the whole team. We're talking about the business. Do you want to come through? I said, I'll be there. So boom, get in. We ended up chatting until about three, four in the morning. And like the relationship with Sean began. Oh, and by the way, this whole time, I had no idea he was blind. That's why he's looking at you sideways. That's why he was looking at me <laughs> sideways. You know, Sean has a, you know, an eye is retina pigment, pigmentosa, where he has a degenerative eye disease, where he's lost his vision over time and he can still see peripherally. So by him going like this, he could have saw, he, he saw me. So I created a story. What he was actually doing was giving me his undivided love and attention, which we all know is who Sean is. And uh, there's many stories in that. And that began that relationship. And from there to Unblinded, you know, there's many stories, uh, but it really just gives light and shine to when I heard about integrity-based human influence, I knew that there was nothing else like it on the planet. I knew. I knew. And I had, I was in the precipice of making a choice of where I was going to hitch my wagon. Was I going to like scale and grow within Tony's world? Was I going to scale and grow within Landmark? Was I going to scale and grow my own coaching company? Was I going to create my own content, create my own structure? All of that was present. And I saw, I saw who Sean was. I knew 
that everything he taught and discovered over 25 years was exactly what I had been doing and done and wanted to do. So I saw my future in it. So I had two options, really. Option A, do it on my own, and it'll take me 25 years. Like you've, you are a wise man, wiser than I, Mr. Orange, and you've invested many years. So I can either you know, compete and challenge, or I can conspire with integrity and work together. And that was my mojo. That was my energy. And I said, I will merge with Sean. And now we're on this podcast. Many things in between, but that's kind of how it got started. Boom. Man, what a story. What a story. And Fernando, it started with the decision to go back and talk to one guy, right? Yeah. Like, look, this guy just looks interesting, man. I got to talk. I'm late. This goes against all my principles of time management. And yet, you go back and talk to this guy, right? And one of the things that Sean highlights in the Unblinded Movement, which my mind was blown. I've heard about this a million times, right? The Pareto rule, 80-20 rule, where 80% of your results come from 20% of your actions, right? 20% of your actions in a day produce 80% of your results. 20% of your customers produce 80% of your profit. 20% of your friends produce 80% of your happiness. And when you get down even on a granular level, you go, okay, well, 20% produces 80%, then 20% of 20%, what does that produce? It produces 80% of 80%. So 4%, which is 20% of 20%, produces 64%. And 20% more of that is 0.8%. 0.8% produces 52, I think, percent, right? But 0.8, less than 1%, produces 52%. And why am I saying this? I'm saying this because what you did to go talk to that guy right? With the pink scarf and the camera. When you're already late, literally was 1% of your day, 1% of your week, but yet you did it, right? The shift to go, fuck it, I'm late. I'm just going to enjoy my life. That's a 1% decision. It brought 52% of your happiness to the day. That 1% of, of, of your time to go back and talk to this guy, because it was just something that's loving and cool and you wanted to make time and make this guy feel significant and important, brought you here. They produced 80, 52 fucking produced probably 90% of your results because everything crescendoed into something else. That decision to go, I'm not going to be on this team. That, I don't want to go be on Sean's team. I'm going to make that call. I'm going to go do that. Literally, 2% of your day, 1% of the time you're in the seminar. When he calls you, he goes, come downstairs. Let's go hang out. 1% of your time, 1%, 2%, right? And it's all this, like we, we get, we, which is fantastic. We get thinking about micro distinctions of our decisions, but it's also micro distinctions of our time. And when you know that you can, by doing something that takes 1% of your day, and what takes 1% of your day? Calling somebody and going, hey, I love you. I'm so grateful for you. I so appreciate you. And it produces 52% of their happiness, probably for the whole weekend. because They're not used to hearing that shit. And this is the guy you are. This is the Fernando that I know. This is the guy. Granted, I've only known you since January, right? Highly impressed. Highly impressed. And yet, brother, you're tapping into that 80-20. You may not even know you're doing it, okay? You may not even, like, really give yourself enough credit to go, it's this 1% of my time, 1% of my focus, 2% of my focus, 20% of my focus. It's producing massive results. You are an, an example of little things consistently then produce great results. Phenomenal phenomenal and when i you know you and i were able to share a weekend here in long beach island at sean's place and there was 60 something people there that were just magical and fun and great that was a small decision 
of all the decisions you make in a day, that was like, okay, that was 0.8% of a decision, right? Produced yeah. incredible magic. So as you're part of the unblinded movement, and as you see yourself, here's a question I have for you. 28-year-old guy. For those that don't understand what Platt is, the Tony Robbins world, that is the people that can afford to be within proximity of Tony and other people that are go-getters. It's not a cheap club to be part of, all right? It's a lot of money to join this club. And the privileges of it is obviously that you are surrounded with like-minded people that can also afford this. So it's, you know, it's not a small task. And then as you get into the lion group, that's even more money to, to join. It's a group of really go-getters, people that are really going places and want to do stuff. And not to say that if you can't afford it, you're not part of that group, but this is a, you know, an expensive elite club, if you will. Here you are, 28 years old, most people under 30, most people, you know, it, it doesn't matter almost at any age in their life, can be intimidated. Intimidated as hell. Oh, shit, I'm in a room with the average net worth of the guy sitting next to me is 50 million, 100 million. These guys are flying G5s, you know? I'm taking my, my crappy, you know, Prius, barely running on two legs with 200,000 miles on it, and get in this meeting. Do you ever in your mind go, man, I'm in the club, man. I, I, I'm, I'm hanging with the big dogs. Do you ever feel like, like you're fully accomplished, or do you ever feel sometimes like, what the hell am I doing here, man? I've had experiences like that. How do you balance your emotion to go, I'm in, man. I'm in. I'm doing the right thing. How do you know? It's a deep question, my friend. And what I would say is the answer is yes, my self-mastery drops at times. You know, we spent a lot of time this weekend talking about fear of failure, fear of rejection. I've been blessed with, you know, ripping through my ego at different parts of my life, rejection being one of them. I've rejected. I've been rejected. And that's something that I've experienced. I don't experience very often anymore. I've conditioned myself, you know, literally right before this call or like having a quick banter. And I'm like, you know, I'm just like doing something ridiculous. You know, literally at Caligi Law, when we used to, you know, be there back in January, all lawyers would walk in and I'd be doing, you know, push-ups in front of the bathroom. I'd be swinging a bat going up and down the hall. This is a legal office. And there's like this loud 27-year-old swinging a bat on the phone. So like we do these things. I remember being there and the thought crossed my mind and it never entered my body. If that, if that resonates with you. Absolutely. I was like, yeah, like boom, Milo, you know, I'm an investor in clicksters. And I was like hanging out with Milo the first time, you know, we met and I was hanging out with Sean and Chris Crone. And for me, it wasn't a desire to coming from a fraternity, like big part, be part of like the cool boys club. Mm -hmm. I wanted to find my partner to create in the world with because a yeah. gift that Tony gave me is that there's an artist, there's a leader, and there's an entrepreneur. And I know I'm a leader. That is my role. And Fernando knew he needed to find entrepreneurs to partner with and do things with. And my ego was okay with that. So I went with the intention of finding these entrepreneurs where my leadership would be most shed, knowing that it would be like an integrous relationship. And Sean's real. And I found them and like that talk about point something percent. There's like 50 something thousand people in that room. And we ended up living 20 minutes from each other here in New Jersey. God has a sense of humor and you can't make that up. Yeah. And you didn't know it, right? I thought, no, no clue. That's right. Well, that's again, amazing, amazing story. And, and definitely, I mean, again, from my experience of you and from what I've witnessed around other people, thousand people in an immersion you know, seminar in New Jersey early in January, 
is just how your energy is electric, how it's magnifying, how people want to be around you. You know, that swing, maybe not swing in the bat. That might look a little, you know, crazy. Oh, crazy. It was Michael Smikin's bat, by the way. Yo, who's, the, who's the crazy Colombian running up and down the halls with a bat? He must be a client that we need to represent. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of his way. <laughs> and so there you are, right? Now you're, now you're here. Now you're part of a, a, one of the fastest growing personal development sales organizations that's, that's, that I've ever seen. Where do you see yourself? Where, where do you see the cell? Where do you see the, the group going? Like, where's, what's the three-year picture for Fernando? Three-year picture for Fernando is uh, I see my future in people like you, Frank. I see my future in people that are, you know, believing in you and watching this call. You know, for me, it's one, you know, one game and one why. It's to rewrite humanity. And what that means to me is to rewrite the way we see ourselves, rewrite the way we see each other, and rewrite the way that humans see themselves on the planet. Not because I believe people are wrong. I believe that there is like things to learn. I have much to learn. I am not the smartest, the oldest, the wisest, the richest, or any of that in most rooms that I'm in. And I'm complete with that. Uh, I, am, I do have a beautiful level of freedom in my heart that I have created. And that's like my reality. And I play a game and it's called peopleification. That is, what, when, when you say, how did you know you wanted to hit your wagon with Sean? Sean calls it, calls it integrity-based human influence. I call it peopleification. It's the same thing. The difference is that his way of explaining it was so much more optimal than the language I didn't have. He gave me the language to step into peopleification. So it's the same thing. So let me merge within and build it because it's the same thing. And if I, what I really want, what I really want is to impact people and the most of them, the most integrous and quickest way. This is the path. And that's what made me hitch my wagon here. So what do I see it in three years? Listen, the goal has always been, and this was one of the, the, let's call them the lines that had me once again, see my future in Sean. It's not about us being in front of a hundred thousand people, uh, which we will be. And Sean has already been because he speaks on Tony Robbins stages. You know, you know, we were really honored to do that. Thank you, Tony, you know, for that beautiful, beautiful opportunity with Sean. What we see is us building a platform and a movement of technology where every elite member, mastery student, partner, friend within our world could be the one speaking in front of 100,000, 10,000, 1,000, 110, one person where we're all the way in the back. No one knows our name. And like Sean's on the beach writing books, Adam's with his family, you know, saving dogs. And I'm in Costa Rica with my wife and my pet monkey, like living life digitally. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's what it is. And when, when I, when I felt that and I believed it and I saw it in Sean, I said, I'm going to build this. And yeah, I've been like a lunatic. I've been part of over 260 huddles. We've ran over 125 row rolls, 85 row raw opens. That's, that alone is 400 speaking engagements. We've done over 400 trainings. Oh yeah. And by the way, we just started this like seven months ago. And that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like in seven months of just balls to the wall, all out, all in massive effort and, and drive. And thank you, dude. Thank you for being part of that. Thanks for being a, a huge influencer on people's lives. Thanks for being part of my life. I wish we had more time to talk, but one little fun fact I want to drop in on here and I want to ask about it. Okay. Yeah. Is one of the things you told me is that your superhero is Goku. Now I didn't even know what a Goku was. Okay. <laughs> I had to look it up like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I had superheroes too. They're more like Batman, Superman, you know, that kind of guys, right? Goku. Why is Goku your superhero? And 
what parts of Goku are still part of you? That's funny. Um, I'm glad you had to look up Goku. Uh, there's like a common joke within Unblinded uh, that Fernando's lack of like pop culture. Like I don't like I've never seen the Karate Kid, and that's probably insulting to people like Frank. Like, I haven't seen some some of these movies and things like with Sean. There's a lot of things I don't know, uh, but Goku I do. And you know what I loved about Goku? One, it was what was on when I was coming home from school. So it just happened to be you know alignment. But he you know he always fought for the world, and he always had his family around him and he had to make really hard decisions about who he would put first, his faith, himself, his family, the world. And at a young age, like seeing his decision-making, and I'm talking about a cartoon here, inspired me because they weren't always easy decisions yeah. and they weren't always the right decisions all the time based on who was looking at them. And at the end of the day, he always stood true to what he believed in and he always did it for a greater cause. And what parts of him are still like alive with me? I have a black and red 13-inch toy figure, you know, straight ahead of me. Uh, red and backs, uh, they're my colors. Different story, different day. And uh, every morning, uh, Monday through Saturday, from 6.15 to 7.15, I have what's known Operation Goku. So if you ever look up Goku, he's a very fit guy, you know, solid body. And he is my fitness goals. So not only is he a spiritual mentor to me, he's a physical mentor to me. And um, my, my goal every day uh, is to step into Operation Goku because when, you know, my children are 20 and I'm in my 50s, I want to dunk it on them. And I want to, like, whoop them, beat them, and love them. And, like, if they're going to beat Fernando, they're going to earn it. And uh, I want to be able to be there for my kids. I want to, you know, learn from your family, Frank, 97, 95, 98. Like, that's you know, absolutely incredible. You, you, sir, like, you know, that, that, is, that is what Operation Goku is all about. And uh, yeah, man, he's a total badass. And he'll kick your butt. And he'll beat Batman, Mr. Callaghan. He will kick Batman's ass if you ever watch this podcast. I, I don't know about that. I don't know. But I, I do have some Goku trivia for you. Just to finish up. Okay. Because <laughs> I did look him up. I'm like, man, what's, what's up with this Dragon Ball Z guy? He's red and black. He's really fit. Red and black, by the way, are my colors. That's the colors of my company. So again, we have this common brotherhood here. But the Goku Buddhist name itself, do you know what that means? His name means? It, no. It means... Awakened to emptiness, being awakened to the emptiness, being still with, with that. I mean, as powerful as he is, okay? His birth name, Goku, well, do you know what his birth name was? No. Okay, that, his I'm birth name is, right is, is Goku Saiyan, S-A-I-Y-A-N. And his birth name is Kakarot. Yeah. And, okay, you know that name, right? I, I knew that, yes. Kakarot. What are the names of his family members? Gohan. I, I, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> I have Burdock, Neji, N-E-G-I, huh. Radish, and Carrot. And, by the way, those are all raw vegetables. His family is named after raw vegetables. The root of their, all their names. <laughs> the Carrot was Carrot, okay? Yeah. And his, another member of the family is Radish. And Neji and Burdock, there you go, all root vegetables your superhero is a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fun fact. My superhero is a vegetable. He's you a vegetable. are ridiculous, man. That's awesome. I might be a fruit, orange, okay, but you, my friend, are a vegetable. 
<laughs> I will take it. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Hey, Fernando. Thanks for being on Orange Crushing It. It's a pleasure. A pleasure, man. How can people get a hold of you? How can they tap into the Unblinded Movement? How can they get to know more of you, brother? Thank you. First and foremost, you know, stay here. Subscribe here to you know, Orange Crushing It, the Orange CEO. This is the place to be. My man knows what he's up to, and he is moving, shaking, creating, and executing on just magnificent things in the world. And you can join us you know, every Monday through Friday at our morning huddle, 8.30 to 9 a.m. at unblindedhuddle.com. That's unblindedhuddle.com. And you can find me on all social media at Fernando Valencia. And I'll see you on the next huddle. You got it, brother. Thanks very much for today. Stay inspiring, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orange Crushing It. Hope you're fired up to take on your week with unstoppable energy. Hey, if you like the broadcast, please subscribe. Share it with your best buds, and please write a badass review. You can also reach me at themrorange.com. Stay inspiring, y'all.